All right, uh, session two, God's will in the Bible. Beginning with question one. When have you really needed reliable instruction? Traveling. <laughs> Traveling. Oh yes, you definitely need those. Okay. When else? Medical procedure. Medical procedures, yes. Gotta get it right. When the flight attendants give you instructions. Uh-huh. Especially if you're sitting at that exit door on the side. Oh, yes. One leg Okay, what else? When you purchase furniture. Yeah. When you purchase items that need to be assembled. Ah. And you don't think you need the instruction manual because that's too much stuff to read. And you're excited about getting this thing together. And then you put it together and you get 15 screws left. And you said, well, these people don't know what they were doing. I don't need all these screws. And then you sit on it and you break down. Okay, what else? During the threat of storm, storm time. During the threat of storms. And they said, you need to evacuate. And you said, well, I don't see nowhere to look like it coming this way. I don't need to go nowhere. And then, bam, it's too late. Well, not only stormy times, but earthquakes and tornadoes. All kinds of bad weather. Yeah. Storms. Okay. Um, let's look at uh, Bible Meets Life. Talks about uh, uh, the frustration, uh, assembling the fr frustration uh, about assembling furniture that uh, Deanthea mentioned. Um, Bible needs life. Go ahead. I am not mechanically inclined. I once bought an assembly-to-self bedside table. As I began the assembly process, I discovered the back panel was too small. Frustrated, I returned to the store and exchanged it for another. I started the assembly process again, and to my dismay, the second table also had a back panel that was too small. My frustration morphed into anger. I was cramming everything back into the box and rehearsing the speech I was going to give customer service about this second-rate product. But it dawned on me that maybe I should glance at the instructions. That's what I was saying earlier. When all else fails, read the instructions. <laughs> Lo and behold, the back panel had to be unfolded. It was bent in two for shipping. When I unfolded it, it fit perfectly. Oh, the grief I could have saved myself if only I had read the instructions. The Bible is life's operating manual. It teaches us how to live in every major issue we face in life. It provides a sure guide to success and joy. Unfortunately, too many people fail to read the instructions. Yeah. The first step to knowing God's will is to read the owner's manual, yes. his word. Okay. So reading the instructions can help us when assembling a do-it-yourself project. <laughs> the Bible is our manual on Christian living and a vital first step in knowing God's will. Bookstore shelves are full of books claiming to guide us and show us what, what to do. Pick a subject and someone is ready to give you direction on the matter. This is nothing new. Solomon said there's no end to the making of many books, Ecclesiastes 12, 12. The ultimate guidance we need comes from God. And one of the ways he has revealed his will is through the pages of Jesus. scriptures. 
Or his word. That's right. What is the point? God gives us direction through his word. God gives us direction through his word. And if you don't read his word, guess what? We're not going to get the instructions. All right? And we're going to end up in frustration like the fellow. With the, with, the, with the product that he couldn't assemble because he didn't read the instructions. Right? And I'm surprised that when he turned it to the store, they didn't give him the corrections. And they were just as bad. They probably thought it was defective too. Okay, we have a couple of passages, but first let me give you the setting. The heading of this psalm indicates that David was the author. The psalm is split in two parts, which complement each other. In the first section, verses 1 to 6, the psalmist detailed how creation wordlessly declares the glory of God. In the second part of the psalm, verses 7 to 14, the psalmist declared that the glorious perfection of the word of God, which calls for a response of reverential obedience from those who ever read it or hear it. So let's look at the first passage, uh, verses, Psalm 19, verses 7 to 10. The instruction of the Lord is perfect, renewing one's life. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the, uh, the inexperienced wise. The precepts of the Lord are right, making the heart glad. The command of the Lord is radiant, making the eyes light up. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. They are more desirable than gold, than an abundance of pure gold, and sweeter than honey dripping from a honeycomb. Keywords, precepts, verse 8. A synonym for commandments or law. Precepts encompasses all the covenant responsibilities God expects of his people. Fair, verse 9. In this context, a reverence for God that results in obedience to his commandments. Have you ever watched a sunrise, watched the waves rolling in from the ocean, or stared at the stars in the night sky and declared, what further evidence is needed to believe in God's existence? God's fingerprints are all, are, are all over creation. David surely felt that way when he wrote, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the expanse proclaims the work of his hands. Psalm 19, verse 1. The Apostle Paul declared, for his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made, Romans 1 and 20. Scripture is clear. God has left a vivid testimony of himself throughout creation. In the opening verses of Psalm 19, the psalmist David described the nature of creation's witness. Day after day, they pour out speech. Night after night, they communicate knowledge. There is no speech, there are no words, their voice is not heard. 19 verses 2 to 3. Though creation delivers a message about the Creator, it does not speak in detail about what the Creator is like or what He expects of His creatures. For that, additional revelation is required. <clears throat> Thankfully, God has given us that revelation about himself. The pages of scripture are God's revelation to us about himself, who we are, and how we are to live in relation to him. Psalm 19, verses 7 to 9, mentions six aspects of God's word that provide everything needed for us to know how to live life to its fullest. These descriptions reveal the breadth and depth of God's word. One, 
The instruction of the Lord is perfect, renewing one's life. Scripture has been guiding people to have successful, joyful, meaningful lives for over 2,000 years. Medical books and encyclopedias have value for a season, but they rapidly become obsolete. Yet scripture has been thoroughly effective in helping people live effective and fruitful lives for centuries from 300 AD to 2019 AD. Consider how complete and perfect God's instruction is. It can guide a man to be a nurturing father to his children or a church to be or a church to be to effectively minister to its community. The Bible's guidance provides perfect instruction for a single business person or a married school teacher balancing work and family. The instruction found in the Bible does not grow out of date, nor is it any less effective from one generation or culture to another. It continues to have the ability to renew our lives, restore us when, when we fail, and empower us to face difficulties. Two, the testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. We encounter much of life as a novice. Going to school or starting a new job can be challenging when we have never done that before. When we first get married, we are right amateurs at being a spouse. How can we avoid failure with such important responsibilities? Heeding God's instruction makes us wise. God offers wise counsel for every major challenge and responsibility of life. You may never have had children before, but the Bible can guide you to make wise parenting decisions. You may never have led before, but the Bible provides wise counsel for leaders of any organization. You may never have dealt with major pressure or temptation before, but the Bible can astutely guide you to overcome any challenge. Three, the precepts of the Lord are right, making the heart glad. Rather than being a burden, God's word brings joy but it protects us from sin, failure, and guilt. Righteous living leads to joy, not legalism. Four, the command of the Lord is radiant, making the eyes light up. The world often makes people act self-centered, feel ashamed, or view themselves as inadequate. Scripture makes us God-centered. The Bible gives us hope that we can be like Jesus. Incorporating scripture into our lives makes us come alive. Five, the fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. Every time we open a Bible, we have the opportunity to encounter Almighty God. That ought, that ought to take our breath away. In Scripture, whenever someone met with God, they were overwhelmed. When we approach God's Word, we come face to face with His unadulterated truth that does not change. When we read it with reverential awe, we are, in a per we are in a perfect posture to receive its instruction. Six, the ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. You can stake your life on the Bible. Its, instru its instruction is entirely reliable at any time, in any place, for any person. It is wholly righteous, so it will never lead you astray. The psalmist concluded by declaring that God's word is like gold and honey. Gold is extremely valuable and represents success for the one who possesses it. Honey brings joy and pleasure. God's word not only leads to success, it also fills us with joy. If you want to know God's will, 
regularly read your Bible. Mm -hmm. Begin each day meditating on Scripture's instruction. Mm -hmm. Learn to think and make decisions in a biblical manner. Measure your life by its standards, not the world's. Your heart should begin to race as you open the Bible to seek guidance from its author. One divine word created a universe. Imagine what God's word can do in your life. Okay, that's a lot. We got six items there. Uh, six aspects of God's word that provides everything, everything, everything we need uh, for us to know how to live life to the fullest. So we can't say, well, I don't know how to live life to the fullest. God has given us everything we need. Uh, the instructions of the Lord is perfect, the, the, word, the verse says. Renewing one's life. Take that seriously and take it literally. Because that's exactly what it means. It provides instruction uh, that renews one's life. Notice, three, three points. Scripture guides people to have successful, joyful, and meaningful lives. And you can talk to a multitude of people and they can testify to that fact. And then the instruction found in the Bible does not grow out of date. That's something to remember because a lot of people say the Bible is archaic, it's an old relic, it's out of date. It's never out of date. Okay, you can pick up the Bible and it's just as relevant as today's newspaper and even more so. Okay, and then thirdly, it continues to have the ability to renew our lives, restore us when we have failed, and empower us to face difficulties. Just three aspects of what the, the Word of God can do for us uh, in, in our limited time that we have. Question number two. When have you been glad for the instruction received from God's Word? When have you been glad? Remember an occasion when you read the Word of God and you were so glad you got these instructions? Wow, that worked. That was powerful. In a meeting? Hmm? When, when I was in a meeting? Okay. When you're in a meeting and the Word of God came back to you as, okay. I'm taking a test. Okay. Study to show yourself approved. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it says the testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the experienced wise. Be inexperienced as well. That's true, yes. <laughs> Often you have either thought or you've heard someone say, that whoever is wise beyond their years. And that can be attributed completely to the Lord. That's right, to the Word of God. That person is living according to the Word, and so they are being uh, attributed as being wise when actually it's the Word. Okay, we've got so much more on this, but our time is limited. But uh, let's go on to the next, uh, to the next one, uh, verses eleven to fourteen. Question three. Okay. Huh? Question three. Uh, not yet. Uh, we want to take that one, eleven to fourteen. I'll take it part way. Okay. Um, we're starting at verse 11. In addition, your servant is warned by them, and in keeping them there is an abundant reward. Who perceives his unintentional sins? Cleanse me from my hidden faults. Moreover, keep your servant from willful sins. Do not let them rule me. 
Then I will be blameless and cleansed from blatant rebellion. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Most people have regrets. There are things we wish we had said or not said. There are actions we regret taking or not taking. There may be sins from our past that oppress us with guilt and shame. The psalmist David certainly had regrets, yet his most grievous mistakes were not the result of ignorance, but because he ignored God's clear instruction. Had David always followed God's directives, he would have avoided most of the mistakes that plagued his life. Throughout this study, we will see a variety of ways God communicates his will, but the most common way is through the Bible. The key is to regularly read throughout the entirety of the Bible to glean God's will for every area of life. We should never frantically pull out the Bible simply because life is spiraling toward disaster. Read it daily, carefully, and with a heart that is prepared to obey, and you will find yourself in the center of God's will. David observed that God's word warned people of danger. For example, Proverbs 16, 18 cautions, pride comes before destruction and an arrogant spirit before a fall. Let's say you read this one morning and the Holy Spirit reminds you that this verse applies to you. Perhaps you were recently promoted at work and you have been letting it go to your head. You have not treated people under your supervision with the respect and Christian love that you ought. Now you sense the Holy Spirit is cautioning that you are heading down a perilous path that could lead to trouble for you and dishonor for your Lord. If you are sensitive to the Spirit's leading, He will speak to you through Scripture by guiding you to specifically apply relevant verses to your life. Somebody else. Someone else, take me, take it from there. Or perhaps you are reading Psalm 37 and you come to verse 21. The wicked person borrows and does not repay. Mm. Instantly you feel convicted. <laughs> the Spirit reminds you of three different items you have borrowed from others and have neglected to return. You did not keep them intentionally, but you, your neglect may have harmed your relationships. You resolve that day to return all of the items along with thank you cards and gift certificates inside. Through his word, God has turned you away from unintentional sins that were harming you and your relationships. Perhaps you were offered a new job opportunity. It pays more money than you currently make and you are eager to accept it. But the next morning you read Proverbs 11 verse 14. Without guidance, a people fall, but with many counselors, there is deliverance. You feel convicted that you have not sought counsel from anyone before you made, make this major decision. So you call upon three mature Christian friends and ask their advice. They all point out problems with the job and how it could adversely affect your family. You heed their counsel and decline the job. Soon after, you receive an unexpected promotion at work. You realize there are benefits that come to those who heed God's word. David noted in verses 12 to 13, two kinds of sins. One, unintentional sins. We might not be aware that what we are doing is wrong. In such cases, scripture will highlight those areas of our life and show us the right way. Two, 
willful sins. We know full well we are sinning and we stubbornly choose to do so anyway. This reflects the rebellious heart that needs to be transformed. When we live our lives by scripture's guidance, we can avoid committing either type of transgression. As a result, we can live a life that is blameless. Being blameless produces a life that is free of guilt, shame, and regret. It represents a path to freedom and joy. Oh, next page. The psalmist prayed that his words and thoughts would be acceptable to God. It is one thing to guard our words, it is quite another to guard our thoughts. Our thoughts are generally far more evil and uncontrolled than our actions. Yet God's word can do far more than merely police our actions. It can go deep into our minds, hearts, and souls to change the way we think. God's word is able to judge thoughts and intentions of the heart. Hebrews 4 verse 12. God intends for us to be holy on the inside and out. David concluded by calling God my rock and my redeemer. Rocks provide a solid foundation. When a house is built on a rock foundation, life's storms cannot bring it down. Matthew 7, verse 24 and 25. A redeemer restores what is lost, what was lost. He frees from bondage. When we build our lives on God's word, we are building a life on the one who gave us that word. His word leads us to Christ, our Redeemer, who sets us free. How then should you use God's word? As you read it, place your life up against it. Anywhere your life falls short of God's standard, repent and ask God to cleanse and change you. Meditate on God's word. Let his truth soak into the depths of your soul so that it conforms you into the image of Christ. Let scripture transform the thoughts, values, and passions within you. Trust that as you read scripture, the Holy Spirit will highlight anything that needs to be adjusted in your life. God wants to guide you daily as he systematically <coughs> makes you like Jesus. Keep your Bible close at hand. Yes. Okay, you have a lot in that one. Yes. Um, but there are a couple of key benefits. Uh, we got two minutes left. What? Okay, couple key benefits. Um, God commands serve as a warning against foolish decisions. Remember that one. The Word of God warns us to turn away from our sinful ways, which bring disastrous consequences consequences toward God. And of course, we get caught in the crossfire there. And then there is an abundant reward to those who keep His Word. And we can testify to that uh, when we have obeyed God's word and we've seen the benefits of that obedience. And then uh, to walk with God daily, we need to know and do the will of God. One of the major ways in which we can know the will of God is how? Studying his word, right? Studying his word. And then he uh, mentioned here a couple of uh, two, two types of sins unintentional sins and willful sins uh, take note of those uh, and our time is gone but um, let's look at the engage on page 101 before we go um, ask God to reveal to you sins in your life based on Psalm 119 12 to 13 unintentional sins or hidden faults what relationships have I damaged without meaning to do so that's one question Think about it. 
what are my habits or character flaws that no one knows about me? It's another one. Think about it. Write in your answers there. You don't have to share that with the class. And then willful sins or blatant rebellion. What pet sins do I know are wrong, but I refuse to let go of them? And what areas of my life are in open or disobedience to God? That's a convicting exercise right there. Yes. And we encourage you to do that. Yes. Uh, take some time and do that. You may find out some interesting things about yourself that you really didn't realize. Okay, uh, live it on page 103 as we wrap it up here. Uh, how is God seeking to guide you through his word this week? Consider the following suggestions. Read. Make Bible reading a daily habit. If this is a new discipline for you, start with five minutes. As you read a passage, pray for God to help you understand and apply its truth in your life. And two, meditate. Reflect deeply, and the key word there is deeply, on what you read daily. It may be one verse that grabs you, but meditate on its truth. Journal. Write down your thoughts and reactions and plans based on what God has said to you in his word. And thirdly, pass it on. Join with others in a Bible study group and discuss His Word. As you grow, God may be calling you to lead a Bible study group. Help others to grow through God's Word, even as you have. It's, it is mind-boggling that Almighty God wants to guide us through His Word. The next time you open your Bible, do so prayerfully, submissively, expectantly, and with a pen in hand. Amen? Amen? Amen. Okay, that wraps it up for us today. Uh, let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for the reminder of how precious your word is and how powerful your word is and how beneficial your word is to us. We pray, O oh Lord, that we may take note of those things that you really pointed out to us in our minds collectively as well as individually. And be with us now as we leave this room, but not your presence. Get glory for yourself, we pray. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.